Welcome to a windy hump day, December the 15th, 2021. Storm chasers are out in the plains as I speak, including Reed Timmer, who is, as of this recording, in the four o'clock hour, dealing with tornadoes with unmelted snow on the roads out in the plains. We have it all coming at you with myself, Keith Thews, on Michigan Speak Out for the full show, and Sylvia Stark. Get ready, hang on, and don't get blown away. News Nation This Hour, I'm Vic Vaughn. A reporter traveling with U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken in Southeast Asia has tested positive for COVID-19. His trip to Bangkok's now been canceled. They're heading back to Washington. The Biden administration has no plans to shut down schools, heading into colder months with an overall higher nationwide trend in coronavirus cases. White House Deputy Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre. We're very confident that that's going to be the case. We're not going to shut down. Uh, we are, are comforted by the resources and what we have learned and the tools that we have have uh, in our in our in our two belts to do that. Speaking with reporters this morning aboard Air Force One, traveling with the president to Fort Campbell, Kentucky, he'll survey Friday's tornado damage in Mayfield and Princeton. 25 to 40 mile an hour winds with gusts up to as high as 70 miles an hour moving across the Midwest today with a chance of more tornadoes. Forecasters across the Plain states are predicting record-breaking high temperatures in the mid-70s for much of Nebraska, Kansas, Iowa, and parts of Missouri. After last week's 37% increase, this week's seven-day rolling average of COVID-19 cases in the U.S. stayed roughly at the same high level, 117,000 per day. CDC Director Rochelle Walensky. The day average of hospital admissions is about 7,800 per day, an increase of about 7.7% over the prior week. And the seven-day average of daily deaths are about 1,100 per day. That's up about 5% from last week. Walensky updated the numbers at today's White House COVID-19 response team briefing. Former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin has pleaded guilty to violating George Floyd's civil rights. Means he avoids an upcoming federal trial. Also means he could face more time in prison. He's already serving 22 and a half years on murder and manslaughter convictions in Floyd's arrest death last May. Former Fox News anchor Bill O'Reilly would not have done what some current Fox News anchors purportedly did during the Capitol insurrection, texting former Trump White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, urging him to tell then-President Trump to condemn it or try to stop it. I don't know whether it's over the journalistic line. I wouldn't have done it myself. I would have asked the question, say, are you guys going to make a statement? What are you going to do? Uh, looks like things are out of control. I don't think I would have advocated. That's not what journalists do. Meadows handed over the messages to the House panel investigating January 6th, then refused to appear for his deposition. He's been found in contempt of Congress. The resolution now heads to the Justice Department for criminal consideration. Find News Nation on your cable or satellite provider and stay up to date around the clock at NewsNationNow.com and the News Nation Now app. I'm Vic Vaughn. From Feature Story News in Washington, I'm Jagruti Dave. The White House's chief medical advisor, Dr. Anthony Fauci, says there is currently no need for a variant-specific COVID-19 booster as the U.S. confronts a looming tidal wave of the new Omicron strain. Omicron has been detected in 36 states, according to the CDC, and infections are doubling every three days. 
The White House is calling for Americans to get boosters, but as Nina Maria Potts reports from Washington, there is no sign of shutdowns or more travel restrictions. U.S. public health officials say Omicron could fuel a new wave of infections with the rate doubling every three days. In most of the country, Omicron makes up 3% of infections, but it's more like 13% in New Jersey and New York. White House Chief Medical Advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci pointed to recent studies in the U.K. which reveal the booster offers the best hope of more robust protection against the new variant and appealed to Americans to get the third shot. Polls show the American public is unreceptive to shutdowns or lockdowns or travel restrictions. So despite the threat of the new variant and its rapid spread, so far the focus is on getting vaccinated despite the rising death toll and America hitting a tragic 800,000 milestone. Dawn raids have been carried out in Germany after police uncovered an alleged plan by anti-vaccination groups to kill local politicians. The police investigation comes as German media reported an increase in the number of extremist groups looking to use armed force in response to coronavirus restrictions. Trent Murray filed this report from Berlin. Several homes were raided early Wednesday by police investigating a plot to kill the governor of the German state of Saxony. Police say the threats were discussed by anti-vaccination groups who used encrypted messaging app Telegram to discuss plans to not just kill the governor Michael Kretschmer, but also members of his state government. Saxony has the lowest state vaccination rate in Germany and has been a frequent hotspot for protests against coronavirus restrictions. In the lead-up to the morning raids, several German media outlets reported that over 100 people in the state had been linked to planned acts of violence. A woman is set to take over the New York Police Department for the first time in its history. Kishant Sewell will take over as the new police commissioner in January. Sarah Walton has the details. In what's being seen as the most important decision to be taken by incoming new mayor Eric Adams, he selected Kashant Sewell to be the NYPD's first female police commissioner. She takes over America's largest police force at a crucial point in its history. Eric Adams ran on a promise to crack down on rising violent crime rates in New York. But he's also pledged to address allegations of police abuse following mass civil rights protests in New York in 2020. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks, taking another look today at the ambitions of Russian President Vladimir Putin towards Ukraine, as the West continues to try and determine whether he is really serious about possibly invading the country. US officials said last week they don't think the Russian leader has yet made his mind up. They were speaking after President Biden's virtual summit with Vladimir Putin. But why are Russian forces now massing along the border with Ukraine? Misha Glenny is a former BBC correspondent who has worked extensively in Eastern Europe. He argues there's a link between current tensions over Ukraine and Joe Biden's botched military withdrawal earlier this year from Afghanistan. The withdrawal from Afghanistan highlighted to Putin that Biden was less interested in foreign policy and had to shore up his base in the United States. So he detected Western weakness. Putin is not a long-term strategist. What he's very good at is tactical provocations which exploit weaknesses in the West 
And that's what he's doing here. The G7 warned Russia only last weekend that any military incursion into Ukrainian territory will be met by severe economic sanctions, plus additional military commitments to Ukraine and America's regional NATO allies. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. The main headlines again. The White House's chief medical advisor, Dr Anthony Fauci, says there is currently no need for a variant-specific COVID-19 booster. Dawn raids have been carried out in Germany after police uncovered an alleged plan by anti-vaccination groups to kill local politicians. And a woman is set to take over the New York Police Department for the first time in its history. That is the latest from Feature Story News. I'm Jagruti Dave in Washington.
to some good news. Kicking off some good news for this week is The Voice. Yesterday, girl named Tom ran away with The Voice as winning The Voice and they are local natives here in our neighboring town of South Bend, Indiana. Congratulations goes out to a girl named Tom. Also, in the midst of some recent tornadoes in Kentucky, there was a man named Jordan Elise. Probably pronounced his last name wrong. But he decided in the midst of the storm to play the piano. His piano was safe and sound. He played a Christian tune, which got recorded, and it's in the positive. Amidst the chaos, he was able to find joy. Let's continue to pray for the Kentucky people as numbers continue to rise of the death tolls. Anything good happening out there? Please let us know so it can get shared. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Sylvia, for that update on good news to bring to you on this incredible day of news to to go over. And, and I was planning on doing three things today for the news. This is Keith Thews. Welcome back to Michigan Speak Out on the Anchor Podcast channel for News Source 1 Michigan. And then we're going to be playing the, the uh, show on our iRadio channel a little bit later on. Originally intended for three news items, but it looks like I've got more to to bring up. So the top breaking news is Susanna's Kitchen in Elkhart is going to have to find a brand new home. Uh, the First Congregational Church and Pastor Izzy's church there on 3rd and Marion Street has been sold to a new owner, and I don't know who that is as of the time of the recording. I inquired to somebody who uh, posted a reply on the Elkhart Truth article. Uh, which I shared earlier, but uh, Susanna's Kitchen does a lot for the needy, the homeless, um, to help out with uh, food needs at lunch. Um, they were originally there on um, Division Street with that church, and then they found a, a new home, and now they have to find a new home again. So as soon as we get more information about that, I will fill you in on that news. The uh, news article indicated from the Elkhart Truth that Suzanne's Kitchen has been given a 30-day notice of the sale of the church building. And uh, so they're going to have to find a new place. So that's the top breaking news story for this podcast. And then we have second breaking news that we need to get to. The uh, other breaking news that we brought to you at lunchtime happened in Elkhart this morning at 530 where police were called out to reports of an attempted break-in over at the former Pyramid Mall, now Woodland Crossing. Uh, apparently a gentleman, and we don't have much information yet as of the recording of the podcast, um, tried to break into the liquor store um, in the front of the old Pyramid Mall, uh, Woodland Crossing. Um, he was trying to throw a bike through the window, and police got called by two witnesses. This information coming from the news media, Goshen News, uh, WSBT, ABC 57, and Channel 16, WNDU. Um, police saw that the guy was in front of the big lots, the former G.L. Perry's, if you remember G.L. Perry's. 
and uh, during that confrontation yeah. with the uh, the person attempted to break in, um, police resorted to lethal force on the suspect who reportedly had a weapon on him. And so uh, there was four officers involved, two that did the shooting. Those two have been put on administrative leave as understandable. And then the other two were not put on administrative lead or leave pending uh, for the, they still have the investigation that is still going on uh, for Elkhart. Body cameras were definitely used in this incident. And uh, if we get any more information on the name of the person that got shot um, and his age and everything, we will let you know. So uh, fatal police shooting in Elkhart at the former Pyramid Mall Woodland Crossing in front of the big lots this morning at 5, a little bit around 5.30 this morning. And again, uh, myself, I congratulate a girl named Tom, the band, for winning The Voice. And uh, Sylvia brought that good news for you at the beginning of the podcast. Let's go ahead and turn everything over to a girl named Tom, another recording from YouTube to share on this uh, championship of theirs. And then when we come back, we're going to be talking wind, tornadoes, severe weather. It's all coming at you here right after this song. Right here. I am a lineman for the county And I drive the main Okay, that was a girl named Tom about a month ago, courtesy of the YouTube from The Voice doing the Wichita alignment. Welcome back to Michigan Speak Out on this crazy day of, of news. Again, Susanna's Kitchen is going to have to move in downtown Elkhart from 
the uh, First Congregational Church, according to the Elkhart Truth, they've been given a, a 30 days notice of uh, the building taken over by a new owner of which we do not know of. Um, who that is as of this recording. And uh, so we'll let you know what's going on with Susanna's Kitchen. But we need to talk about severe weather. Friday we had the terrible quad state tornado in the outbreak. I shared with you some tragic news of seven kids that were killed on one street in uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky. But today, it's happening right now as of 4.20 this afternoon, tornado outbreak and high wind, very high wind event in the plains. Moderate risk extends in Iowa, the bottom part of Minnesota, and the far eastern part of Nebraska. Surrounding that is an enhanced risk and then slight risk and then minimal risk after that, which goes all the way into the Chicago area. So, massive wind event with a front. Um, Reed Timmer, I shared with you his video, but Reed Timmer um, at the top of the hour was chasing a confirmed tornado. I believe it was near North Forks, Nebraska. And every tornado, war I mean, every county uh, uh, was issued a tornado warning. They're expecting storms to be hitting this evening, moving as fast as they were here on uh, Friday night. 80 mile an hour moving quick storms and uh, things are so bad according to the, the Illinois storm stuff that schools are closed in Iowa today because of the uh, potential severe weather outbreak. Also this uh, their, their reports are they're preparing for massive power outages especially in the Illinois and one website was talking about um, talking Telling vehicles do not go, trucks definitely do not go into Chicago and points west because of the winds. Winds be gusting between 50 and 75 miles an hour. The further west you go, the worse it's going to get. So we are expecting big winds tonight. And uh, let's go over to the Indiana Storm Chasers report on this wind event for this area. Please pray for everybody because it's going to get ugly and fast in the plains. And uh, we might have a, a double repeat of Friday further, further north. So let's go on to the uh, wind report and then give you the current National Weather Service wind advisory for Michiana. From Indiana Storm Chasers, they posted the following early this afternoon on Facebook. The NWS has issued a wind advisory that covers the majority of the northern half of Indiana. As the day continues, a strong, deepening system will sweep across the area bringing high winds and the potential for brief, gusty showers through the overnight hours. Sustained winds out of the southwest will ramp up between 15 and 30 miles per hour with gusts of up to 65 miles per hour around the shores of Lake Michigan minus 55 miles per hour further inland, are expected across the area. The worst of the wind is expected between 12 a.m. CST, 1 a.m. EST and 4 a.m. CST, 5 a.m. EST Thursday morning. After this system moves out, temperatures will rapidly fall from near 60 to the mid-20s Thursday evening into Friday. Now is the time to prepare by tying down any lawn furniture or outdoor holiday decorations, 
or other loose yard objects, that have the potential to be blown away. Power outages are possible due to tree limbs and debris being blown down into power lines. The following counties will see the advisory go into into effect this evening at 6 p.m. CST slash 7 p.m. EST and will remain in effect until 6 a.m. CST, 7 a.m. EST Thursday morning, Carroll, Warren, Tipkino, Clinton, Howard, Fountain, Montgomery, Boone, Tipton, Hamilton, Madison, Delaware, Vermilion and Park Counties. The following counties will see the advisory go into into effect this evening at 6 p.m. CST slash 7 p.m. EST and will remain in effect until 9 a.m. CST, 10 a.m. EST Thursday morning, Lake, Porter, Newton, Jasper, and Benton counties. The following counties will see the advisory go into effect this evening at 6 p.m. CST, 7 p.m. EST and will remain in effect until 3 p.m. CST, 4 p.m. EST Thursday evening, La Porte. St. Joseph, Elkhart, Lagrange, Steuben, Noble, DeKalb, Stark, Pulaski, Marshall, Fulton, Kosciuszko, Whitley, Allen, White, Cass, Miami, Wabash, Huntington, Wells, Adams, Grant, Blackford, and Jay Counties. Stay tuned for further updates as they develop. Justice. Wind advisory remains in effect from 7 p.m. East forward slash 6 p.m. CST forward slash this evening to 4 p.m. East forward slash 3 p.m. CST forward slash Thursday, asterisk what, southwest winds 20 to 30 miles per hour, with gusts up to around 50 miles per hour expected. Asterisk where, portions of northern Indiana, southwest Michigan, and northwest Ohio. Asterisk when, from 7 p.m. East forward slash 6 p.m. CST forward slash this evening to 4 p.m. East forward slash 3 p.m. CST forward slash Thursday. Asterisk impacts, gusty winds could blow around unsecured objects. Tree limbs could be blown down and a few power outages may result. Precautionary forward slash preparedness actions. Use extra caution when driving, especially if operating a high-profile vehicle. Secure outdoor objects. Welcome back to Michigan Speak Out. My name is Keith Thews on this hump day, the 15th. That was the wind advisory from the National Weather Service. Begins at 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, according to the information I was told, worst of the winds will be happening between 1 o'clock in the morning and 5 o'clock in the morning with wind gusts up to 50 miles an hour. So be prepared. Things will get blown over. You might have to uh, charge your phones uh, overnight if you have to be waking up uh, for work tomorrow. We'll let you know of any school closings and uh, delays and, and whatever else that needs to be. What a crazy severe weather day. Those folks are in for uh, just insanity over there in Iowa, Minnesota, eastern Nebraska and parts of Illinois and uh, very fast moving storms at at least 80 miles per hour and very strong winds. Let's go ahead and turn the rest of the podcast over to finish things up this afternoon, late afternoon. We'll go back to Sylvia who just posted her, uh, her commentary on news, community school-wise. And then Pastor Joel has happy and whole in him. And we wrap up with the final song for the championship of The Voice. A girl named Tom. Stay safe. Bat down the hatches. Warn truck drivers. It's going to get brutal. And we'll be with you tonight with severe weather coverage here on our Facebook group, News Source 1, Michiana. Hey!
Congratulations to whoever the 700th member is. Live the skin of chaos in the world of our youth. Following the recent shooting in Oxford High School, there has been numerous threats popping up across states. Some of the kids who are doing this have got charged. Some of them are probably doing it for fun. But it's gotta stop. What is making this generation think it's okay to go about social media, making threats to hurt innocent people. Some of these investigations have proved to be right and they have found the person who started it. Some of them have gotten nowhere. The most recent one is here locally, which there's not much talked about it, but it is supposed to have been happening at a local middle school, Northside. Whether or not the investigation turns out to be true, we hope that these people are taking these investigations seriously and they're trying to figure out how to stop the craziness among our youth. This generation has been through a lot in the last two years. They have seen shutdowns, they've been social distancing, masks, no masks, vaccine, no vaccine craziness among each other. Our youth need prayer more than ever. We need to step up and figure out what's driving our youth to do some crazy acts. Sometimes we need to take a step back and think about our actions too as adults. What are we doing as adults to influence our youth of this generation in a positive way? Are we adults doing anything to influence them in a negative way? Only time will tell. Earlier today, once we another topic, there was a shootout here in the local town of Elkhart, Indiana about 5.30 in the morning. These are very vague. But from some of the witnesses, it appears to be that some guy was caught trying to break into a local liquor store. It escalated into Code 101 being called. When a Code 101 is called, that means that they are in a hurry to catch somebody. Two officers have been placed on administrative leave in the investigations. A man was shot. Why? Don't know. Some are speculation that he had mental illness. But that does that justify the police shooting up anybody and anybody they want? Although there's very vague details, more details will follow. Here later today. Some of the local news channels will be sharing more information about what has happened. We know that someone is at fault here, whether it was a man or maybe it's people that serve and protect us. We don't know. The specifics, we don't know what happened. All they know is that they had the roads blocked off from Benham all the way to Prairie block it off this morning and they wrapped up the investigation a little after one o'clock 
Okay, so that was probably about eight hours or so of investigation, figuring out what had happened. Here in a little bit, between four, five, and six, WNDU will be having a update of what happened. Hopefully we get some answers. There is a lot of unnecessary violence happening among people with mental illnesses, people that are here to protect and serve us. One bad apple ruins it for the whole bunch in this world that we live in. But wrong, there are some good pupples out there, but the way these pupples are doing now, they're really diminishing people afraid to speak up when there is something happening in the community because they're probably afraid that they're gonna get shot. And take some time out to reflect on mental illnesses and people that serve and protect. Is there something that we can do to help them out? And the saying goes, one bad apple ruined for the whole bunch. And you can't do that. If there's nobody to protect and serve us, we probably would be in a mess more of a mess than what we are now. Once again, there will be some updates later on following the investigation of what happened this morning or in the end about 5.30, a shoot at the police where a man who presumed to have mental illness was shot. We don't know what happened. I also know someone needed help and some bystanders went into action and called the popo. The police. That is all, folks. Take care and have a wonderful day. Greetings. I'm Pastor Joel of Heart City Church. We're in the third week of Advent, friends, and we're exploring the theme of joy, which I think is good because we're in the heart of December. The sun goes down so quickly, the darkness sets in, and as the darkness seems to increasingly swallow up the light of day, Many of us get depressed as we feel we are more and more walking in darkness. But friends, we can use that. Let that feeling help us to enter into the prophet Isaiah's day. In Isaiah's day, the shadow of the evil empire of Assyria had been looming larger and larger across the region, and the nation of Judah had stopped trusting God to protect them. Isaiah had said again and again, King Ahaz turned back to God, but Ahaz like the people, preferred to turn to witches. They consulted the dead for answers. Ahaz shut the doors of the temple so believers could not seek God when they needed him most. Ahaz set up altars to false gods, and then Ahaz went further. Ahaz sacrificed his own son to a foreign god. When you come to Isaiah 8, all hope seems gone. The final words of Isaiah 8 are, they will be thrust into thick darkness. All seems lost. The people of God are definitely getting what they deserve. And how do you think God is going to respond to these rebels? When you turn the page to chapter 9, would you expect this response? Good Christian men rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Now ye hear of endless bliss. Joy, joy. Jesus Christ was born for this. He has opened the heavenly door and man is blessed forevermore. Christ was born for this. Christ was born for this. This carol of joy 
is a good summary of Isaiah 9. Are you surprised you can find joy when all seems so dark? Listen to Isaiah 9:2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. Verse 6, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Do you see that joy can come to those who walk in darkness? Friend, you and I can have hope and rejoice because a child is born. A son is given who will be great. Joel, how can this be? My friends, it can be because this is the gospel. The gospel tells you like it told Israel to take your eyes off yourself, take your eyes off your world, and set your eyes on the God who loves to grace those who walk in darkness. God gave you his best gift when his son Jesus was born into the darkness on that first Christmas morn. Please listen. You may be thinking, look at me, Joel. There's no way I deserve such a gift. You're right. So stop thinking about deserving and stop looking at you. Every time you try to point for reasons in you why you've received God's grace, then you've forgotten what the gospel is. Good news for sinners. All the reasons for Christ's coming are found in God alone. And you may say, wow, Joel, that's pretty humbling. You think? Imagine being an Israelite in Isaiah's day. Your nation was uniquely blessed by God to be the light of the world. You had every advantage. And you look back at your life, and you've blown it year after year. And you look back at your nation's history, generation after generation after generation of failures. And now, God says in Isaiah 9, 6, move over and watch what I do with this baby. Into this mess, you'd expect Almighty God to send someone a little more frightening, but instead, out peeks baby Jesus' face. God is saying, I'm so powerful, I can overcome darkness by becoming vulnerable and relatable, which we see because this son will be human like us, yet there's far more to this baby. As we hear a most unique birth announcement, I mean, the baby's whole future is already laid out. He's going to be a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, a prince of peace. I'll leave it to you to meditate on what each of those descriptions means for you this Advent. I'd rather you simply focus once again on that birth announcement. To us, a child is born. That's kind of strange. Were Isaiah's readers expecting? And God does the same thing that first Christmas Eve when announcing Christ's birth to those lowly shepherds. You'd expect the angel to say, For unto a woman named Mary is born this day. But he says, Unto you, to lowly shepherds, is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You think any of those shepherds were expecting a child that night? But they're told in no uncertain terms this baby to be born was theirs. And friend, rejoice. This child was born to be yours. Because the angel goes on to say, this news was for all people. 
The gospel's not just for ancient Israelite shepherds, but for all the people. Yes, the first time we hear the gospel, we probably weren't expecting. But the gospel of God's grace only comes to the undeserving, the unsuspecting, the lowly sinners who are in darkness. When we talk about the gospel, we tend to move straight to the cross. But I encourage you this Advent to not bypass the crib for the cross. In fact, this dark day may be the best time ever to sing a song of joy with our neighbors or to share the gift our neighbors have not been expecting. A Lord so lowly and humble that even the worst, most shameful sinner can come and find that God's grace is for them. My friends, remember who you are and who you belong to. Girl name.